Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Mandates will come after the holidays. But we got to be clear that the mandates are coming. The mandates are coming because Joe Biden is saying things like this. 600,000 new jobs every month. That's the average. And one more thing. Vaccinating our children will help us keep our schools open, keep our kids in the classroom, learning, socializing with their classmates and teachers. Everything I have been fearful of is moving down the path. Absolutely moving down the path. We need our kids vaccinated to keep schools open? No, we don't. That's a lie. That's not understanding anything about science at all and in any way. Why would you say such a thing? Oh, you want kids to get vaccinated. And now we're going to have Randy Weingarten from the American Federation of Teachers and the school boards who have already decided that the parents are domestic terrorists saying the kids have to be vaccinated for the safety of the teachers. Well, two things. To the teachers, no, they don't. And to the school boards, we would rather break the schools in half. We'd rather not have a public school system. We'll handle this on our own. We'd rather bankrupt you. We would rather you had to get a job in the real world. We would rather destroy the unions. And then we'll take those tax dollars and we'll put them towards something else. Or maybe we'll take those back so we can pay for our own kids' education. Oh, you don't you you think I'm speaking for the minority? Well, I don't think you quite understand what's happening. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833 got Tony, 833-468-8669. That is the number. This is pure fear-mongering from Joe Biden. Pure fear-mongering from the President of the United States. Gross, obscene. And the idea that your kid has to be vaccinated to put an end to the pandemic? So parents of children ages five and older, please get them vaccinated. Because here's the deal. Children make up one quarter of the cases in this country. And while rare, children can get very sick from COVID-19. And some can end up, few, but end up hospitalized. But they don't have to. This vaccine is safe and effective. So get your children vaccinated to protect themselves, to protect others, and to stop the spread and to help us beat this pandemic. Today, I also want to... We're going to stop you right there. The vaccine doesn't stop the spread. The vaccine doesn't stop the spread. Why don't we have people who know this? We allow the President of the United States just to lie. And somehow it's okay. It's not okay. It's in no way okay. I'm trying to get the statistics of deaths in the United States um, between the ages of 0 and 17. What are the total number of deaths in all 50 states between the ages of 0 and 17? 
Let me see if I can find that for you. Because this is the data that parents are looking at. Oh, here we go. Here we go from January of 2020 to October of 2021. All deaths, COVID-19, 0 to 17, would be 576. Am I reading that number right? 576? The total deaths under the age of one year from COVID is 140. From zero to 17 is 176. Or 576. Are we sure we got that number? Yeah, we do. Because from one to four, it's 66. From five to 14, it's 185. I'm, I'm looking at the numbers right here. This is from the CDC. I can't make this stuff up. Let, let, me, let me do it a little differently. The number of COVID deaths. The number of COVID deaths. 576 ages 0 to 17. In the time period of January 2020 to October 2021. The number of pneumonia deaths. 1,069. Why is Joe Biden lying to us? I'm not anti-vax, but you know what? They're turning me. They are turning me against the vaccine, which clearly lessens symptoms and people find it survivable when they get COVID and they have a reaction. Because remember, some people get COVID and just mild symptoms. Kids survive it. And parents can decide whether or not that risk is something they want to take. It's fine. You need it to keep schools open? Tell the unions to stop being so damn fragile and hire some teachers who can handle their business. They can wear masks. They can, they can immunize and booster. And I don't care. They wrap themselves in bubble wrap. You think my kid has to uh, comport themselves or become a scientific experiment for you? I want that teacher out of a job, and I don't care if that union head goes bankrupt and dies on the streets. Now, Tony, that's pretty harsh. I just want to make sure we're all setting the table for how thousands upon thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions of parents feel on this subject. You union heads, you teachers, and I'm not angry at teachers, you radicals who lie about COVID, please don't think you're the only people willing to fight. Biden somewhere knows that people are willing to fight, and that's why his mandates, well, people over 100 employees, they have to get everybody vaccinated, don't you know? And now you're seeing lawsuits. He's like, you know what, we'll we'll save this for after the holidays. Yeah, yeah, you don't need to be vaccinated right now because between now and New Year's, can't even get COVID. Now, yeah, turns out, turns out if you drink enough eggnog, uh, it, it knocks the COVID right out. So drink a lot of eggnog, you coat the stomach, you know, bathe in it. Bathe in the eggnog and you won't get the COVID and you'll be totally fine. But a- after January, after January 4th, 2022, oh, you better be vaccinated, you. If it was really so important, you'd do it right now, right? If it was really so important, you'd say you have to be vaccinated to get on a plane. Which I got to tell you, I was 50-50 on whether Biden was going to do that before the holidays. 
I had already called my, my, my mother. I was like, hey, we're, we're flying down, but maybe not. Because you never know. Biden's crazy. Who knows what kind of new rules they're going to have on air travel or anything else? I shouldn't say crazy. That's really the wrong word. Biden's a progressive. Who knows what radicalness they'll get into? They're sure as bloody hell not following any science. That's just totally dismissed. But if they were serious, that's what they would be doing. If they were serious, they'd be putting in that mandate right now. And they're throwing it, doing it through the Department of Labor, through OSHA, the Occupational Safety Health Administration. And they're saying that you as an employer have to protect your employees from COVID like you have to protect them from asbestos on a construction site. And that's why they have to be vaccinated. But if Biden's already talking about you got to get your kids vaccinated so they're safe in school. Well, how soon before, hey, employers, make sure that your employees get their kids vaccinated so they're safe for the workplace. I've only been talking about it for a month. Why would I believe that these people won't go forward with this? It's like looking at the people who said, my gosh, Republicans won so big, Democrats got so beat, their, their, their agenda, this, uh, this um, progressive agenda just got absolutely ruined at, at the polls. They're going to learn their lesson and they're going to pivot. No, they're not. No, they're not. Why would anybody believe such a thing? Haven't you watched enough to know they don't learn? The ideology is full on. Ocasio-Cortez. Oh. Oh, that's not necessary, is it? Oh, wait, it is necessary? Okay, I'll allow it. Representative Ocasio-Cortez says, well, the reason that that uh, Democrats did so poorly in, in, in Virginia is that they ran too moderate of a race. Terry McAuliffe ran to moderate of a race. I think that the results show the limits of trying to run a 100% super moderated campaign. You think that's somebody who thinks, hey, maybe we should woe up on these things? No, she is straight on till morning with progressivism. True believers, that's what we're dealing with. So it needs to teach conservatives and people on the right to be believers in conservatism and stands upright. And now we'll really have a battle. Moderate nothing, even though that's what they try to push on you. Stand up for capitalism. Stand up for individual responsibility. Stand up for freedom. Stand up for science and not what Joe Biden's putting out there, which is pseudoscience about your kids being vaccinated. If you think Ocasio-Cortez is the only one saying, no, 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 let's double down on the progressivism, well, you'd be wrong. Secretary Pete Buttigieg, Transportation Secretary, two historic packages, he writes on Twitter, of big, important, needed, positive, timely, and very, 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 very popular policies are ready for action in Congress. The time to deliver is here. He's talking, of course, about the new spending bill, the $1.75 trillion. Very popular. It's not very popular at all. It lacks popularity. That doesn't, that doesn't stop these people. Why in the world would it stop these people? Speaker Pelosi 
She's putting paid family leave back into the spending bill, which has nothing to do with infrastructure. Remember, that's separate. Infrastructure is the $1.2 trillion. That's the one that's bipartisan, quote unquote. I'm not a big fan of it, but at least that's some infrastructure in there. And that is not out of the House because the House progressives won't let it out of the House until they get their spending bill done. And Joe Manchin stands opposed to the spending bill. So does Kristen Sinema. But Joe Manchin had a conversation with Brett Baer. And if you watch my videos over there at Rumble, rumble.com or or uh, or at uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio, you may have seen me talking about this this morning. I'm going to share with you a conversation that Joe Manchin had with Brett Baer, Fox News. And I want you to keep in mind that the Biden administration has said quite clearly There will be no tax increases for those who make under $400,000 a year. That's what Joe Biden said. Now I want you to listen to this and see if you catch it. That's going to be filed either tonight or tomorrow. Uh, There are taxes. There's language to raise taxes on individuals below the $400,000 threshold. And and one of them is on nicotine. Have you changed your position or uh, on regressive taxes or anything below that 400000 Well, I never thought the 400000 barrier should have been there. But yeah, okay, if you're going to do tax reform, do tax reform. Uh, the last time we had a balanced budget with, re- with, with uh, surpluses was when everybody paid a little bit of something, making sure that the richest of the richest and all of those are in between. But with that, uh, where we are right now, uh, a tax on nicotine, uh, that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Is that a non-starter for you? Well, there's so many things in there. I guess you. Can, you have a lot of non-starters. I have a lot of concerns. Let's put it that way. But I'm not going. To, they're working off the House bill. That's not going to be the bill I work off of. First things first. That he's working off a different bill. That's how you know none of this is happening. But this nicotine uh, tax. Now this is really about cigarettes and vaping. Uh, the head of the American Vapor Manufacturers, Amanda Wheeler, is scheduled to be with us in a little bit. We're we're going to get into that with her. But of course, being a cigar smoker and working with cigar organizations, and of course, I have my own show, Eat Drink Smoke, EatDrinkSmokeShow dot com, heard nationwide, run seventy stations across the country. I pay very close attention to these things. They said no taxes on anybody under four hundred thousand dollars. But of course this is a tax on people under $400,000. A nicotine tax, they mean cigarettes. It's a tax on the poor. And this is how Republicans have to play this. Democrats want to tax the poor to pay for their policies for the benefit of their ideological brethren. They want to tax the poor so that their elite friends can make money on the green side. If you if you have money, you can afford a tax on cigarettes. If you have money, you can afford a tax on meat. If you have money, you can afford a tax on soda or on trans fats. But if you don't have money, you have to moderate. You have to change your behavior. It's a tax on the poor. That's what the Democratic Party. That's what Joe Biden. That's what Speaker Pelosi. That's what Ocasio-Cortez. That's what Dick Durbin, a man so aptly named, are doing. And it has to be said as such. It has been admitted to. It is clear. Nicotine tax is a tax on the poor. And I think uh, Republicans should make note of that. And they also should really stick with this idea that they're the party of parents. Oh, 
I'll share that with you. Coming up, Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Keep it here. So this just got dropped by Axios. A key Steele dossier source has been indicted on charges of lying to the FBI. Can we stop thinking that this was anything but a hit piece? The Steele dossier, supposedly the thing that proves Trump, I don't know, whatever, the Russia connection, all of it, is garbage. It was always garbage. It was always going to be garbage. And the people who supported it and promoted it, also hot garbage. I won't say at the first, right? If you first got this thing and you didn't know what it was, you were going to read it. And then you were going to ask questions about it. That made that makes sense. When you started realizing that Christopher Steele wasn't necessarily the most trusted source uh, from anybody in the uh, intelligence world, and that his subsources were even less trusted, you should have said, we don't know if we can trust this. We'll leave it out there, but there are a lot of questions here. That isn't what happened. It was utilized as a tool to vilify Donald Trump. This dossier that alleges the ties between Trump, the 2016 campaign, I should say, and Russia. The analyst that compiled it was charged with five counts of lying to the FBI. The third indictment in John Durham's investigation into the origins of the Russia probe and possible misconduct by U.S. law enforcement. I haven't thought about John Durham in a while. I'm just glad I, uh, people have stopped saying, oh, Durham's going to bring it. Durham's going to bring the indictments. Okay, here we go. And we're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. Stop it. Stop thinking that something's going to happen. And don't ever tell me, oh, I knew that was going to happen. Oh, I knew Hillary's going down for this. You didn't know nothing. You are the Jon Snow of knowing nothing. If John Durham's investigation gets serious indictments, I'm, I'm, not, by, I'm, not, I'm not making any bets. I'll just be happy. I'll be thankful. I'll be actually very bothered that that's happening in America. But I sure as hell ain't gonna hold my breath. How could anyone hold their breath? I mean, faith that this investigation's gonna get somewhere? Show the lies and show the liars? Be nice. Don't get me wrong, I'm happy for this. Let's see what happened here. I'm Tony Katz. If you want to know how bad things are, the price of Oreos is going to increase 7% because of inflation and supply issues. It's awful. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Facebook Tony Katz Radio is where you find me. The phone number, 833-468-8669-833-GOT-TONY. That's the number. That's what you want to be a part of. Now, the Associated Press has called the New Jersey governor's race for Phil Murphy. 
However, that may not be the best call. Jack Cittarelli, who is the Republican, who nobody was talking about, just so just so we're clear, nobody was talking about this race. I actually said, did I say this here or did I say it on the morning show? That if Jack Cittarelli won, wins in, in New Jersey, I'd buy everybody ice cream? Was that here or on my morning show? I, I don't remember. Yeah, but I'll still do it. I'll buy everybody ice cream. I mean, it's just, there was just no way. Nobody was talking about the race. And then the next thing you know, he's ahead and it's tied. He's ahead, it's tied. He's down, it's tied. Well, they're calling it after two days for Phil Murphy, the Democrat. But it's a little too close to call. As uh, Chitterelli's uh, press people are pointing out, the candidates are separated by a fraction of a percent, which is true. 2.4 million ballots were cast. The Secretary of State of New Jersey doesn't even know how many ballots are left to be counted. Well, they're, they're making, I think, a, a solid point. A very solid point, which is this wasn't necessary. The New Jersey race is closer than the Virginia race. And the Virginia race could have been called two hours before it was. It didn't make sense that it wasn't called until 1 a.m. Really, really not. Because you take a look at the counties where some of these votes were going to come in from. And you realize, well, there's just no way within the makeup of those counties for this to be made up. That isn't true in the race in New Jersey. That's not true. In the race in New Jersey, there are opportunities. There are opportunities for Murphy to increase the lead when you take a look at some of those northern counties. But there are still places like Monmouth County, a place I grew up, by the way, where where Chitterelli, the Republican, is in the lead and there's still votes to count. And when you're dealing with, I think at at last count, it was like 21,000 was the spread. That's surmountable based on the the, the demographics. That is surmountable. So no need to call it. But I think people are very much like, oh, if it's a Democrat, call it quick. If it's a Republican, you just wait your time out. Just wait your time until you assemble all the votes you need. That's a very caustic view. A very, very caustic view, but it it, 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 it is still there. We've been talking about what's going on with... uh, these spending bills. And it's really important because we're starting to get a look at where, how maddening this all is. Like we're hearing that Speaker Pelosi still won't do the infrastructure bill. She wants them both or none. Just in case you were wondering how radical Nancy Pelosi is. Phil Kirpin points out that when you take a look at some of this, there is a section 138516. Payroll credit for compensation of local news journalists. In general, it reads, in the case of an eligible local news journalist employer, there shall be allowed as a credit against the taxes imposed by Section 3111B for each calendar quarter an amount equal to the applicable percentage of wages paid by such employer to local news journalists for such calendar quarter. Meaning... They're going to look at raising taxes, payroll taxes, 
But if you have a news organization with up to 1,500 employees, they give you a pass. Not your bar, not your production facility. The journalists get a pass. Now, this comes back to a conversation we were having earlier about the nicotine and about how you have uh, Joe Manchin, the senator from West Virginia, saying, I'm not in favor of, of, a, of a nicotine tax, but the left, the progressives, to pay for their social spending bill is very much in favor, very, very much in favor of a nicotine tax. Well, not only is that happening, which is, as, as I have described it, a, a tax on the poor, and it is a tax on the poor, the Build Back Better bill talks about taxing vaping manufacturers, a tax increase that would be, according to the American Vapor Manufacturers Association, upwards of 500%. I am somebody who doesn't think that vaping should ever be targeted to kids. But I find it offensive when they say, like they did in Oregon, a a county outside of Portland, well, we're going to put an end to flavored uh, vape. Why? If grandma wants a flavored vape, why am I getting in the way of this conversation? Amanda Wheeler is the president of the American Vapor Manufacturers uh, Association because there's an association for everything. And they have an entire world that they're trying to represent of people who are in business and growing their business and are constantly under attack because people have decided that's a good business to go get some money from. And if they go out of business, well, you never liked them anyway. Amanda Wheeler joins us right now. The tax increase on you all, right? I pay attention to the cigar side. I I, I host a, a cigar and bourbon show called Eat, Drink, Smoke. We're on 70 stations across the country. I talk to and give advice to cigar uh, associations a- around the country. You guys are facing the big one, 500%. Why this constant attack on the vape industry? Hi, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's a, it's an egregious tax. You know, it's an easy thing to take a shot at because the left has done a phenomenal job of creating a narrative uh, that these products are targeted at the youth when we know for a fact that's not the case. There are 15 million adults in the United States taxpayers who use these products every day to stay off of cigarettes and it's it's just an easy target they're taking a cheap shot and clearly they didn't see the news of what happened in virginia the other day well they they have not decided to moderate a a, a position but before we get into really where these taxes are and how they affect retailers and how they affect business owners let's get into that marketing conversation because in the cigar world we often face that same thing that oh you're you're seeing a rise in kids smoking cigars not premium cigars not something that on average costs 15 dollars kids if a group of 17 year olds walked into a cigar lounge they would be immediately thrown out of the cigar lounge but what is it that the vape people are doing to discourage kids and are there what are the rules that you guys have set in place to actively prevent selling to kids yeah absolutely so um what you don't hear very often in the media is that in the last two years youth use of vapor products has gone down almost 60 percent because uh we took very serious measures across the board 
uh, to put controls in place to make sure these products aren't falling into the hands of youth. I myself, I own six retail stores in Arizona and Colorado and Oklahoma, and we card every customer that walks in our door. There's an ID swipe required for every transaction. Uh, Many products now that are coming out have track and trace technology uh, where you can verify that they were purchased by an adult. You can trace them back to the retailer that they were purchased at if they end up in the hands of a minor Uh, Many, many companies have updated their marketing practices and changed their labeling uh, to make, you know, to avoid any kind of possibility that it might be appealing to kids. Um, On and on. We've all um, seen the age increase to 21 to purchase these products made a significant difference. Um, High school kids aren't getting them from, you know, seniors who were 18 years old and able to purchase them. So as an industry, we've taken many, many steps, and I think those have borne a lot of fruit because, as I said, we've seen that youth use gone, go down nearly 60%, which is just a huge change in a very short amount of time. Talking to Amanda Wheeler, president of the American Vapor Manufacturers Association, this tax increase, and upwards of 500% on some products. So, so work it through with me. What are the products that will be getting the tax increase? And then explain to me how it affects the small business owner like yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So the previous iteration of this tax that we saw a few weeks ago um, also included a tax on all tobacco products. Um, The tax on cigarettes would have been doubled. The tax on cigars, as you know, would have increased dramatically. Um, And the new version that just came out yesterday uh, only taxes vape and then uh, oral nicotine pouches, which a lot of people use uh, to quit chewing tobacco. And so what they're targeting now are are two products that are solely intended to get people off of off of traditional tobacco products that are very cancerous, contain many toxins. Um, and so it's, it's this perverse situation where Congress is trying to disincentivize the American public from quitting tobacco by taxing these alternatives at an outrageous rate. Um, as you mentioned, for example, I, I will put this in, in really uh, practical figures here. There products that I sell in my stores for $30, right, $30 retail price. Under this new house proposal, the tax on that, that $30 product would be $60. So what we're talking about is a customer having to pay $90 for something that they previously paid $30 for. And so the effect to small businesses it cannot be overstated. Um, our consumers aren't going to absorb those kinds of taxes. They're not taxes that we as businesses can absorb. And so the end result is you're going to drive about 2.75 million Americans back to smoke about 14,000 independent businesses around the country are going to be run out of business because it's a draconian tax scheme. So when so you see a product like that and you're going to talk about a $60 tax that would go to the consumer, the consumer won't pay it, you can't absorb it. So the answer is you don't sell the product and the answer is you go out of business. That that's That's clearly... It here. So they who look at these taxes, they know that they're not going to see the dollars from it. They're simply going to see these people go out of business. So is that as you and the the association uh, sees it, the American uh, Vapor Manufacturers Association, is this really a, a, a guise as a way to get you out of business because they just hate you? Absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a guise for prohibition, right? It's 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 prohibition under uh, kinder, softer terms of, of taxation. 
Um, but absolutely, it, it is 100% this attempt to get rid of a product that they don't like. Um, smokers in this country have been demonized for years, and now they are demonizing the smokers who are trying to quit and the very businesses that have been helping millions of smokers quit for the past 10 years in America. So what, what is the move? I mean, what is the move uh, when, when this happens? Are there any members of Congress who are on your side? Because it, it's, it's a hard thing to be on, on the side of. And I, and I see people when we talk about what's going on with FDA regulation of cigars, it should be a no-brainer to separate cigars from cigarettes. But yet a lot of people don't want to do it. Who's on your side here and how do you convince them? Absolutely. Well, I do think that, you know, we do have allies that are looking at this rationally. There are, you know, as you know, this is tied up in a much broader nationwide conversation. There are moderates in the Senate that that clearly see this um, as a tax on the poor. Obviously, 95 percent of people who would be paying this tax are making under $400,000 a year. So it, it violates that pledge not to tax those under 400000 And I think those moderate Democrat senators are really taking exception uh, to that violation of that pledge. And I don't think they're going to stand for it, among many other problems in the bill. Amanda Wheeler, uh, she is a president of the American Vapor Manufacturers uh, Association. And so we're clear, uh, vaping is not marijuana. Vaping is not hemp. Vaping is not any of those uh, types of things as people may uh, create categories. Uh, we're, we're, We're in a completely different realm here, correct? Yeah, absolutely. We're talking about nicotine vaping, uh, products people use to quit smoking traditional cigarettes. Amanda Wheeler, American Vapor Manufacturers Association. I appreciate you taking the time. We've got more to get to. I'm Tony Katz. This story about Dean Winters is amazing. He's an actor. You know him as Mayhem from the uh, insurance commercials. Progressive, I believe, is, is the insurance commercials. But you know him from Oz, and maybe you saw him in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He's a good actor. I, I, I dig the dude. I don't think there's any reason not to like him. I don't think he's A-list, but he's clearly thought of as an actor. And he's telling the story that in 2009, he had a bacterial infection. Actually, something he thinks he had as a kid that caught up to him. The bacterial infection made him so sick that he ended up in cardiac arrest for more than two minutes. They were able to resuscitate him on the way to the hospital, but it made him so ill, created so many problems, he had to amputate two of his toes and half of his thumb. I did not know such a thing. And he's just discussing the fact that ever since then, he deals with 24-7 pain, neuropathy. He can't feel uh, uh, his hands or his feet. But if he steps wrong, if he steps on a bump, the pain is massive. That's crazy. That, first of all, I always find these stories stunning that like the human body, like when I see like stories about, I know it's super, super gross. I don't mean to be super gross, like flesh eating bacteria. I'm like, that's, that shouldn't happen. (laughs) Every time I hear a story about it, like that really shouldn't be a thing, but it requires getting ahead of it because it's just working its way through 
and people lose their arms to their shoulder or their leg to their hip. It's it, it, it's stunning, absolutely stunning. And you realize, you know, how how lucky you are. You know, you take stock in, in, in what is happening and what could be happening. I just think that story is nuts because he's in pain all the time. And I'm like, how do you... How do you do that? I always wondered, uh, uh, Chad, Chad, Chadwick Boseman, Black Panther, um, Ma Rayleigh's Bottom Blues. Am I am I saying that right? Um, th- that was, I think, Netflix. He had cancer. He knew it. There were surgeries. There he was working. He he was dealing with it. How? I think there's got to be something to the idea that if you've got an issue. You can either let it define you or you could define yourself. There's something really, uh, to, to, to an extent, inspiring in that. People are like, you know, I got this thing. This thing's crazy. Yes, I've got this issue. I've got that issue, but I'm going to fight through. The racism from the left, crazier than ever. And their hatred of Winsome Sears, that's the story. It's coming up next. I'm Tony Katz.